0: The Florida Gators take on the LSU Tigers this Saturday night, and what better way to talk about it than with Caroline Fenton from Locked On LSU.
1: You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. locked on crossover episode brandon olsen of locked on gators joins me caroline Fenton for locked on lsu previewing the lsu tigers road trip into the swamp taking on the gators this weekend brandon i feel like our teams are in a very strangely similar spot this year you know two first year head coaches two kind of inconsistent teams but from your perspective what's the biggest storyline for florida going into this lsu game
0: I'll say, I think my least favorite part about doing these crossovers is that we always talk about the biggest story. And for me, it's always the same thing. It's always, mm-hmm. Is Anthony Richardson going to show up this week or what are we going to get? Because that's been the focal point of my show this entire week is just Florida Gators fans constantly complaining about the play calling. You know, we see wide receiver screens to people who shouldn't be catching wide receiver screens and swings and all this stuff. And it's always coming back to Is Anthony Richardson holding back the play calling or is the play calling holding back Anthony Richardson? Because he is so consistently, and I've been using the term shell-shocked, and he's open about it. He's like, look, the the pressure gets to me sometimes. I get in my own head, and then I just make mistakes. So it's it's incredibly difficult to run an offense and rely on an offense that is just – constantly either holding back their quarterback or their quarterbacks holding back them. Either way, it ain't working out right now. Too great. So I think that the biggest story is always going to be, is Anthony Richardson going to show up and be Tennessee Anthony Richardson or is he going to be Kentucky Anthony Richardson? Because those are two very different Anthony Richardsons.
1: And I think that's such an interesting anomaly is Anthony Richardson. Like he comes out against Utah and I watched that game and I thought, Oh man, like look out for Florida because he looked like a freaking superhero against Utah. And then I watched him against Kentucky and I was like, well, what happened there? You know, if, if you take away the run game, can he just not take the game into his own hands? Can he not throw himself back into the game? And then I watched that Tennessee game and I'm like, wait, hold on. Wait, where did this 450 yard performance come from? Like, who is Anthony Richardson? That's why Florida's been such a tough team for me to bet on and to make predictions for because I just don't know which Anthony Richardson is going to show up.
0: Yeah, I'm just comfortable with giving my money to bet online at this point. <laughs> I'm just like, might as well just donated it. Like That's Take the it.
1: paycheck bet online. Uh, but I think for for LSU, our biggest storyline. Obviously, coming off of an absolute butt whooping from Tennessee, the biggest storyline is we're looking to Brian Kelly and we're looking to the coaching staff and saying, what are you doing to help this team? Because I, I mean, I, I always like to call LSU consistently inconsistent because I think similar to Anthony Richardson, sometimes they don't really know which LSU team is going to show up. I mean, I think the run defense has been one of the best aspects of this team the brightest aspect of this team the defensive front the run defense and then Tennessee comes out and rushes for almost 250 yards against LSU in our own stadium so I'm like okay I don't think that this run defense just all of a sudden lost its talent was the defense not prepared to to stop the run game that was my question after the Auburn game was they were so prepared to stop the run they were so prepared to stop Tank Bigsby And then Robbie Ashford just throws the ball all over the yard. And then against Tennessee, were they so prepared to stop Hendon Hooker? Were they so prepared in the secondary to stop the passing game that they just weren't prepared to stop the run and they just didn't make those adjustments? So that's kind of the the biggest storyline for me is what adjustments is this team making? How can they kind of take what they learned kind of revealing some of the weaknesses about this team and try and fix them before the Florida game. And also the special teams, you know, special teams have been an issue all season long. We all watched the Florida state game, you know, two muffed punts, a blocked field goal, a blocked extra point. And then they've just kind of persisted throughout the season. I've said so many times that I feel like if there's any special teams mistake possible, literally in the history of football, LSU's probably committed that mistake so far this season. So it's the special teams and really it comes down to the coaching. It comes down to Brian Polian, special teams coordinator, Mike Denbrock, offensive coordinator, Matt House, defensive coordinator. And of course, Brian Kelly. How is this coaching staff managing the talent that this LSU team has? Because there's a whole lot of talent on this team. But how is this coaching staff managing it and kind of optimizing it in order to win more games?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you that Florida State game was, um, for me, one of the best and worst experiences of watching football. Because I was like, oh, both of these teams look like they suck right now. So I I was on a flight. It was the best. great for you. Yeah, it was the best flight of my life. I was After like, a
1: great Florida-Utah game, you're probably right, yeah. eye.
0: I was so excited. And then, you know, Florida ended up not looking too hot the next week because I was like, oh, Florida's back. LSU and Florida State are very much not. And then Florida State was ranked. And it was a wild thing. But football is weird. Yeah, it, it's, it's something for sure. Uh, I think that when we're looking at, you know, the defense and the adjustments that LSU might make, the bright side is that sometimes you don't even have to make any adjustments. And mm-hmm. it just, it depends, is Anthony, you still going to be able to throw a forward pass? Because at certain points, I remember I've called and been like, hey, just just run an option offense because the forward pass is a foreign concept to him at certain points. And I, I think that it's just one of those things where I don't know which LSU defense is going to show up and I don't know which, L- which Florida offense is going to show up. And mm-hmm. so I, I'm prepared for one of the ugliest matchups that we've ever seen. From- I'm here
1: for it. I'm so give me give me something gross because I watched the uh, Auburn LSU game and that was a pretty darn gross matchup too. And that's what I think. Like is a, is another interesting element to this game is the fact that it is in the swamp. It is at Florida, and this LSU team it only has one true road game under their belts. And in the first half they didn't look that great. It was at Jordan Hare they were down seventeen nothing, and it came down to you know a strip sack fumble scoop and score to get LSU on the board. So I think that's another element here is this LSU team trying to grow and trying to find its identity and also get used to playing on the road. And Jaden Daniels, a quarterback who's played one road SEC game in his entire career, you know, getting used to one one of the loudest environments in the SEC, you know, being able to come back and bounce back from a bad loss at home and then take it on the road. Um, so I think it being in Florida is another interesting element for this matchup as well.
0: Yeah. I think the swamp is, I mean, to me, there's really three places where I'm like, it's the hardest place to win. And both of our schools play in one of those places. So right. I think it's incredibly difficult to win on the road in the swamp. And all due respect to LSU and Baton Rouge, it's different when you are on the road. Like, I, I mm-hmm. realized that I have Utah fans did it where they were like, oh, our stadium gets loud. We'll be fine in the swamp. And then they weren't. And it's then- different. Yeah, it's different when you are on offense and you have 90,000 people screaming at you. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest advantages for Florida is just it's hard to come into the swamp and run a complete, efficient offense. But at the same time, Anthony Richardson has been at his worst in the swamp because and he's openly said interesting, he's openly said there's 90,000 people in the crowd that have high expectations of me. And I'm struggling reaching those which terrifies me by the way. I, 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 that scares me so much that our quarterback is just like, I don't know. I might suck. or might not. We'll see. Um but I, I'm I,
1: asking myself that question. I'm like, are you going to suck or are you not? I figured it out.
0: <laughs> I wish I had his number and I'm just like, Hey man, what, which Anthony Richardson we getting this week? Cause I have no idea what it is. And it, it terrifies me. It's fun to watch, but it terrifies me with just not knowing which quarterbacks going to show up.
1: And coming up next, we'll look into some of the key matchups for this game. What are we looking for? What are going to be some of the fun one-on-ones that we can look for when LSU travels to Florida? We'll get into that coming up next.
0: The Florida Gators are currently two and a half point favorites against the LSU Tigers for this Saturday. Florida, you know this, does not like to cover, especially when they're favored, but... I mean, if you think they're going to win, I think you should take the minus two and a half. What are the odds they win by one or two exactly, right? Probably high. It's the Florida Gators. So, you know, why, why wouldn't they do that? They don't like to have big leads and big wins. is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using BetOnline for years now. I've been saying that forever because guess what? It's true. Six years now. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts.
1: Locked on crossover. Locked on Gators. Locked on LSU. Brandon Olson, Caroline Fenton. Brandon, what are you looking for? What do you think is going to be some of the most interesting matchups in this LSU Florida game?
0: I'm looking at the trenches. You know, you mentioned that apart from the one outlier, LSU's run defense has been phenomenal florida their offensive line as far as run blocking goes they've looked great so far this year so i, I need to see if florida is going to actually be able to line up against lsu and i don't want to be like the punch them in the mouth kind of guy but like i, I want to know if lsu if florida's offense is going to come up and just blow off lsu like right off the line i need to know what they're going to be what what they're going to show because i mean this so much of this offense has just been they create explosive runs. You look at Montreal Johnson, who is near the top of the SEC rushing for most of the season without being even close in carries. You look at Trevor Etienne has been just a home run hitter as a true freshman, which is a phenomenal surprise because I wasn't ready for it. Um, but, But it's these explosive runs that have kind of been what drives this Florida offense. A lot of Florida's offenses, you know, We'll get a first down or two on a drive, and then we're forced to punt, or there's a fumble or an interception. It's It's been so rare that Florida just has consistently good drives, and it's the explosive run that's worked. So I need to see how Florida's offensive line is kind of going to come flying off the ball here.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking. And that was one of the first things that Brian Kelly said in his press conference on Monday, when previewing this game, he said, Florida's got a really good offensive line. And he said, but we also have a really good defensive line. And that's true. And I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. And I do think like you mentioned that whoever wins in the trenches is going to be able to win this game and correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, but I've noticed with this Florida team, if you stop the run, a pretty darn good chance of beating Florida. And I think that the Kentucky game was the perfect kind of poster child for that idea of you stop Anthony Richardson, on the run, you stop your running backs, you're able to stop Trevor Etienne on the run and they're not able to do much in the passing game. So I'll be interested to see how this LSU defense is able to stop the run. Something that I mentioned, something that they've been able to do really well throughout the season that just didn't come to fruition against a Tennessee team that has a good run game, not an elite run game, but LSU's run defense made it look elite this past Saturday. So I'm kind of interested to see how they bounce back and how they're able to stop Florida's run game. If they can stuff the run, and, you know, I, I think on the other side too, LSU is a very similar team that has a lot of success when they run the ball. That's been a, a storyline throughout this entire season is trying to get Jaden Daniels to throw the ball more and against Tennessee he threw for 300 yards, something that he hasn't done since front November of 2019, which is wild. Um, and, LSU's been most successful when running the ball so are we going to find a new found Jaden Daniels passing game I'm not going to bet on it and I think that LSU is probably going to defer to the run so how is Florida's defensive line going to be able to stop the run probably expecting LSU to run the ball a lot Jaden Daniels and the running backs alike
0: yeah you know what actually terrifies me about this game is I, I have spent years now talking about Jaden Daniels saying that he's not nearly as good as people say he is. And he's just, he's riding a a freshman year where he overperformed was my point with Jaden Daniels. And I am so worried that Florida is going to blow coverages again, like they did against Tennessee and Jaden Daniels is going to put up 400 passing yards on them just because I've been saying for years that he's not that good. But also the thing that terrifies me the most about him is his scrambling ability. Florida's been, I think Florida's gotten scrambled on 19 times for 226 yards this year. That's yeah. kind of a lot. Uh, well, not, uh, not a ton of carries. So I think that's what really terrifies me here is that we saw Hannon Hooker do it. Hannon Hooker had one where he was like, I think 50 yards of just him not even getting touched. It's not like he was making people miss. He wasn't breaking tackles. He was just a free lane for mm-hmm. half a field before anybody even touched him. And, Jaden Daniels, everybody knows he wants to. Th- he wants to run the ball. He's mm-hmm. a quarterback, but he wants to run the ball. Even Prince Liam and Mele, a Florida Gators starting defensive end, on Monday's press conference, he was like, "Look, when he snaps the ball, he's looking to run. Like, he he is a quarterback. Yes, he can throw the ball, but he's looking to run. And him doing that terrifies me because Florida's been gashed. We could see nineteen carries from Jaden Daniels this weekend. It wouldn't surprise me." And we could see 226 yards on those 19 carries and it wouldn't surprise me. And that just horrifies me.
1: And that is the thing with Jaden Daniels is you don't even need to give him a wide open lane. He is so elusive and watching him. Sometimes I am astonished at the number of yards he's able to pick up in the tiniest little holes that he can just squeeze through. And then if he has an open lane for 20 yards, he'll take it for 20 yards. But I look at, at Jaden Daniels and really this offense as a whole And I think it's going to be its most successful, not if Jaden Daniels throws for for 400 yards, but let's say he throws for 250, a couple of touchdowns and he runs for, 50, 60, 70, 80. I think that's where this LSU offense is going to find its most success because there's a lot of talent on the ground. There's a lot of talent with these wide receivers. And so far, this LSU offense hasn't been able to take advantage of all of that talent. So if Jaden Daniels can throw the ball a decent bit and if he can also run the ball a decent bit as well, I think that's where this LSU offense is going to find its most success. And it just hasn't had that day yet, at least against, you know, SEC opponents or, you know, less. And your opponents, no disrespect to Southern, no disrespect to New Mexico. Mexico. But um, they haven't been able to find a really good balance of offense yet. We saw a little bit of it, a flash of it against Mississippi State. I would say that's the best that LSU has played so far. And if they can get back to that, that's where they'll find their success.
0: Yeah, I I think that, especially against this Florida defense that has just had so many times where they look good for most of the game, and then there's four plays where just – whether it's a safety standing perfectly still as a receiver on Tennessee runs by him, whether it's a miscommunication, whether it's something stupid like over-pursuing the quarterback in the backfield and missing the sack, and that leads to a massive third and 10, and or a third and 10 conversion. And, and just, there's so many instances where it's one play just ruins everything Florida had been doing. And I think when you have the dual threat ability that Jay Daniels has, we don't need him to throw for 400. Like you said, if he could throw for 250 he's a legitimate threat as a passer and a runner and then that just can completely demolish the Gators game plan
1: and I think another matchup that's going to be really interesting to watch isn't as much on the field but I think it's Billy Napier versus Brian Kelly you know the the two new coaches in the SEC that are taking over storied programs two programs with very high expectations for their football teams and two coaches that I don't want to say have underperformed expectations because I don't think that's necessarily the truth, but two coaches that I think a lot of fan bases are looking at to say, we need a little bit more from you. So I think that that's going to be an interesting kind of dichotomy here is two new coaches that are new to the SEC and how they try and kind of outperform one another.
0: Yeah, and by the way, I feel so bad for both of them because they they took over two programs that weren't in great shape, and they they've done dumpster some,
1: fires. Right? Let's be yeah. honest. I I'll say that about LSU. I mean, it was very very close to a dumpster fire. Um, that Ryan Kelly had to take over. So yeah, you're right. Yeah,
0: it, it's just like they've taken over two bad programs or two great programs at bad times in their history, mm-hmm. and they're both just like we're we're trying like they're fighting for their lives, <laughs> and it's just there's always something you know even the Utah game there was something to talk about where it's like oh well maybe Florida could have done this people have been triggered by a timeout that Billy Napier called before halftime last week uh and people still have not realized he called the timeout because there were 12 Gators on the field uh and it's just a big thing where they're like oh well you're you're making their field goal unit rush onto the field and people are still demolished about a timeout just emotionally in a game they won so Mm -hmm. I, I just, I don't get it. I do feel so bad for them, but I will say Florida has a genuine coach and um, LSU's had to fake an accent when he got there. So I'll, right. I'll say that at least, at least our accent's real. Okay.
1: Okay. I, I, I'm done with this whole Brian Kelly accent thing. I'm ready to move on from it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I always try to, like on, on all my lockdown LSU podcasts, always say take everything with a grain of salt Brian Kelly took over a really difficult program, you know, that had 39 scholarship players in a bowl game. Uh, It was left in disarray by Coach O, love him, but it was left in disarray. Um, And it's his first year, you know, it's going to take time. You're not going to rebuild in six games. So that's another thing is fan base is looking for marquee wins for a little bit of motivation and a little bit of reassurance that, you know, this program is good in good hands. It's kind of a difficult thing when both fan bases are looking at that. But coming up next, we'll make our official predictions for the game. Coming up next, lockdown Gators, lockdown LSU. Okay, this is this is a toughie. I'm. This is a tough game to pick. Would you like to take the honors and make your official pick first? uh
0: I will say, I, I honestly like usually I'll like throw a number out there beforehand, and I'm like, this is the number that I'm going to stick with. I didn't do that. Uh, I will say I think it's going to be, like I said, one of the messiest games that we've seen in this in this series in a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think we see somewhere on the range of, I'm going to say Florida wins. Uh, just, I will always say that at a home game. That's just what it is. I will say 24-21. I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I think it will be very close. I mean, these two teams almost always play each other very close. And I think that neither of these offenses really impress me. So I'll, I'll say relatively low scoring for college football, 24-21 Gators.
1: I would agree with you that I do think it's going to be low scoring. Um, I, I don't think that LSU has hit the over in any of their games so far this season. Maybe the Southern game, just because they put up a bunch of points, but at least SEC games, I don't believe they've hit the over in any of those games. I would agree with you. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Two offenses that are just kind of trying to figure out who they are. Two really solid defenses. And I think that the the road game aspect of it, is absolutely a factor here. I do think that ultimately LSU gets a narrow win just because Anthony Richardson has been so inconsistent. And I I think we at least know what to expect from Jaden Daniels and for the most part, I don't know what to expect from Anthony Richardson ever. I mean, he could go off like he did against Utah and Florida could blow LSU out, but if he doesn't do that, if he kind of regresses and kind of crawls back into his shell like he did against Kentucky, then I think LSU is gonna roll. So that's the, the interesting aspect of it here is what Anthony Richardson are we going to get. But ultimately, I think it's 28-21 LSU. I think that they got embarrassed against Tennessee at home. They just called a players meeting this week to figure everything out, to get themselves back on track. I think that they're angry. I think that they're mad. And I think they want to come into the swamp, have a statement win, and then get reset to take on Ole Miss the next week. So I'm going to take LSU to win this one. They stop the run. They're able to stop Anthony Richardson. They get the win in the swamp.
0: I'll tell you, I'm going to be in complete shambles either way. Um, Just because this is a game where both teams want it so bad. Both teams teams need it. Yeah, both teams need their marquee wins. I mean, Florida got Utah, but since then it's been relatively up and down. And it's like, maybe it was just, you know, week one, great, great game that Florida Mm -hmm. played and executed. And since then, there's been a lot of things that they haven't done the same. And I think that when you just put everything together with Jaden Daniels, people know what he is and – the general opinion of his is not that he's this phenomenal quarterback. I think we can say that. So I think he's trying to kind of play up there and Anthony Richardson is just, you said, you don't know which Anthony Richardson. I don't know which Anthony Richardson is showing up. I don't think Anthony Richardson knows which Anthony Richardson is. He's
1: going to decide on Saturday. Yeah. He he's
0: just going to wake up tomorrow. and be like, Ooh, I'm, I'm feeling, feeling 400 coming up <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we'll find out there. But I think that it's two programs looking for their marquee win. Two teams kind of looking to, Answer questions at the halfway point, and and Florida. I mean, good luck because you got LSU's great defense, and then it's just like, well, at least we get a week off, and then Georgia and Texas A and M, it, and it's just the tough stretch of the schedule. Yeah, it, here it's here,
1: and I also wouldn't be surprised if the first quarter, if not the first half, is really gross. If it's just three and out, three and out, punt, punt, three and out, punt, punt, like if it's just very low scoring in the first half and, you know, maybe Florida's up at the half and, you know, at at the half in the second half, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like offensive fireworks that they just kind of something clicks in the second half. That's been the theme for LSU all season long. Um, And I don't know what, what the storyline with Florida is, whether they're a first half, second half team, but I wouldn't be surprised if the first quarter at least is just like gross, (laughs) just (laughs) defense. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no, no. As long as I'll tell you this, if they're going to be playing ugly football, at least run the ball a lot. So the clock runs a little bit because I'm not not trying to sit there for four and a half hours just watching these two quarterbacks combine eight for 43 or something like that. Like, I'm not trying to see that, but at least least run the ball, make it at least a little physical there if you're going to be ugly. And Florida, as far as being first half, second half, they've just been inconsistent, whether it's a strong first half, a strong second half. They've just been inconsistent. I would love it if they showed up for all four quarters on both sides of the ball for once. That'd be wonderful. But I mean, who who even knows at this point? Who's to say?
1: All right, Brandon, where can the people find you?
0: Uh, you find me on Twitter, WNS underscore Brandon. Written work with whole nine sports and Giants country of SI.com.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Caroline Finton one or the podcast at Lockdown LSU on Twitter. You can find us wherever your podcast platform is Lockdown Gators, Lockdown LSU. You can also find us on YouTube as well.